Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. The conversation continues with James Freeman on today's news talk, TNT Radio. Did Welsh farmers vote for Brexit? And are the problems that farmers are facing now because of Brexit, and so by implication their own fault? First Minister for Wales, Mark Drayford, seems to think so, given that is precisely what he said in the Welsh Parliament in the last couple of weeks. No surprise there, I guess, given that Drakeford and Welsh Labour still haven't accepted the fact that Wales as a country as a whole voted for Brexit. Although quite how Brexit is to blame, Brexit is to blame for problems that farmers are facing is a mystery. Maybe Brexit is also to blame for issues farmers are facing in France, Spain, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Poland, India and New Zealand and all the other countries around the world where farmers are protesting. Yes, maybe Brexit is to blame for that as well. In fact, maybe Brexit is responsible for all of our problems, the growing violence in our cities, the plastics in our seas and the 20 mile an hour speed limits in Wales. And maybe it's also partly my fault for being a Brexit party member of the European Parliament. Well, at least I was a member of the European Parliament. I mean, that part is part of the public record. But there is no such evidence that farmers voted en masse for Brexit. In fact, farmers' unions all supported remaining in the EU. But even if farmers did vote for Brexit, so did Wales as a whole. <laughs> so. I'm not quite sure where Mark Drakeford is coming um, from in this bizarre attack that we saw in the last couple of weeks on farmers. And is there evidence also that the, the Labour Party is waking up the 53% of voters in Wales that don't bother to come out to vote in elections? It certainly seems so when you consider that around half a million people signed a petition um, at, in protest at the 20 mile an hour blanket speed limits that Welsh Labour Party has imposed in Wales. And the fact that this is more than the total number of people who voted for Labour at the last Welsh elections in 2021. I'll be posing this question to both of my guests today, one who is a Welsh dairy farmer, Steve Evans, he's been on the show before, and the other is a leader of a political party, William Clouston from the SDP. Why all of the focus on farming, you ask? Well, this Wednesday, farmers will descend on Cardiff, which is the capital city of Wales. Um, they will drive in their tractors to the Senate, um, the Welsh Parliament, where they will demand that the Labour government drops its plans to force them to turn over 20% of their agricultural land to trees and wildlife. After the show on Wednesday, TNT will be heading to the Parliament to capture the whole thing. We'll be speaking with farmers and their families and hopefully getting some words from Welsh politicians on the steps of the Parliament. 
It's not clear how many farmers will be driving to Cardiff, although um, I spoke to um, the protesters, um, the organisers of the protests in the last couple of days, and it seems there's going to be a lot of them. Um, so expect, expect some fireworks there on the Parliament steps. The theme, therefore, for this week's show is farming. And to kick things off today, as I said, I'll be welcoming Welsh dairy farmer Steve Evans to the show. Um, when Steve appeared on the show a few weeks ago, he spoke of how the supermarkets keep farming businesses just on the line in terms of being able to survive so that they have total control of the relationship. After Steve, as I said, I'll be speaking with the leader of the SDP, William Clouston, about his party's farming policies and what he makes of Drakeford's attacks on the farming community here in Wales. Tomorrow, I'll be welcoming back the voice of Wales to the Freeman Report. Stan and Dan will also be at the protests on Wednesday, and so we'll be discussing that and Mark Drakeford's Labour Party in Wales. Um, Ofer Kassif will also be joining me tomorrow to discuss his impeachment vote in the Israeli Knesset. That's the parliament in um, Israel last week. Um, Ofer was actually scheduled to appear on the show last week, but due to technical problems, um, he was unable to join us. So I'm delighted that he'll be joining us tomorrow. On Wednesday, I'll be welcoming David Patton to the Freeman Report for the first time. David is a professor of industrial economics at Nottingham University Business School and also a contributor to the Centre for Brexit Policy. Then on Thursday, Sally Beck will be joining me to discuss an article that she's written um, in the um, Conservative Women um, this week, Woman, um, A Sinister Agenda Down on the Farm. I wonder what sinister agenda Sally is referring to. Then on Thursday, my Aussie friend Dale Penny will be joining us um, for some cutting analysis and giggles. And then on Friday, I will be joined by Natalie Bradbury. If you remember, Natalie appeared on the Freeman Report last year to tell us about the food cooperative that she set up. Well, I caught up with Natalie last week in Wales, and it seems their adventure is going from strength to strength. So she'll join us to discuss how things are going. So stay tuned for this week for the latest on the farming protests and other breaking stories from around the world if you want to get in touch about anything on the show um, please email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live and if you want to join the conversation get yourself over right now um, get yourself on google type in www.tntradio.live and click on the chat icon my name is James Freeman, and this is the Freeman Report for today's News Talk TNT. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio TNT. Hello, Gemma. How are you doing today? Yes, very well, thank you. And a, a great week of uh, a themed pro programming coming up on your show. And funnily enough, the outgoing president of the National Farmers Union here in the UK, Manette Batters, she was giving some interviews over the weekend as she's now stepped down from that role, which she's held since 2018. And she was talking about exactly what you were talking about, you know, like rewilding and all that kind of stuff. She's dead against it. She said, this the worst thing that will happen to British farming. She said, you start introducing things like beavers, they'll wreck the countryside. She said, you know, they have their place, but you can't just rewild indiscriminately. And she said, you start putting 
putting wolves back into the English countryside, you'll get wolves in Birmingham city centre before you know it, because that's how wolves operate. She was really clued up, you know. She's. I, I think maybe she might be a good guest this week for the show because she was coming out all guns blazing against all these policies, which we know are global. We know they're globalists. They're not just UK policies. Yeah, and the other thing with this, the the big sort of um, uh, issue for for the climate nutcases, as I call them, um, around the world is that you know these policies they're claiming are to save the planet, but actually um, they they are going to do the opposite because if farmers turn over twenty percent of their land to trees and wildlife, that's additional land, by the way, because farmers already um, do a lot of environmental work and and a lot of their land, like hedgerows and fields. Um, on certain years when they give them a break are actually turned over to the environment and, and wildlife already. But if they turn over 20% of the agricultural land, well, that's 20% less grain, less cattle and, and sheep, um, and 20% presumably more um, stuff that we've got to import from other countries potentially. So it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense, even if you buy in to the whole we need to save the planet argument. No, it doesn't make any sense, except if you're a globalist and this is exactly what you want to implement, because you can say it's 20% less of all those things, but 20% more control, which is, you know, where, where this is all heading, isn't it? Without a shadow of a doubt and all the rules and regulations across, like you say, the whole world in terms of what farmers are facing, all in lockstep. It's so utterly familiar out of the globalist playbook, but the kickback is is very um, interesting to see. And it's interesting as Minette Batters is outgoing as the NFU president. She's the first woman to ever hold that role. That sh As she left office, she didn't pull any punches. And she said, you know, some of the ideas that they're trying to bring in for farmers are completely disastrous, not just for farming, but for UK as a whole. That's you know the, mm. that was an interesting analogy is what she's saying. You put wolves into the British countryside. That's that is a plan. That is a plan. You know, she said you will have wolves in city centres scavenging. You will. Have, that's how wildlife works. It doesn't stay in its designated area like a good little dog. You know, it will. It will travel. It. Will, she said they've got no understanding of where these policies will lead. I think they actually do have a very clear understanding of where their policies will lead. Um, and it's just us that remains bamboozled or supposedly bamboozled. But no, the kickback is here. So a great week of programming ahead with the theme that you've got, James. Yeah, and of course, all of this, the backdrop to all of this is this is the United Nations 2030 agenda where they want they want us out of the countryside, out of rural areas. They want to hoard us all into cities where we're controlled by smart cities, you know, everything monitored, everything controlled. Um, and they, they yeah, they, they, they that's that. I mean, that is the plan. And this isn't a secret and it's not a conspiracy theory either. Just go to the UN's website and if you do enough digging, you'll see it. it's all published there. Um, and this is where Welsh Labour are coming from. Um, they want to go along with that plan. Um, they want to ban cars, essentially. Um, you know, they've already uh, made a, a footstep towards that with the 20 mile an hour um, blanket speed restrictions in Wales, which, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have signed a petition against. So, so yeah, it's all clear where all of this is coming from. Um, so it'd be really interesting this week to see the pushback in Cardiff. Gemma, what breaking story have you got for us today? Well, within the last 40 minutes, it's been announced and people are going to have a field day on the internet for the next few days with this one. But they, uh, Jacob Rothschild, the fourth Baron Rothschild, often dubbed as the unofficial richest man on the planet, has died. He's died aged 87 years old. His family have issued a statement within the last 45 minutes. I mean, there is so much 
on the internet now about the Rothschilds, about the banking dynasty, about the wars that they have allegedly funded or not allegedly funded and the links to the pharmaceutical companies, the family's uh, dynasty, which it absolutely is. Um, it would, you know, I, I could sit here and dig up all the information about the Rothschild family and Jacob Rothschild in particular, and we could talk for a week and I could do the program on the Rothschilds instead of farming. Um, I can leave people to go and draw their own research. The fact is that uh, Jacob Rothschild, the fourth Baron Rothschild has died. Uh, the family have issued a very, very small statement, uh, said he was a towering presence, uh, a superbly accomplished financier. That's one way of putting it. Uh, and a passionate supporter of causes in Israel uh, and Jewish culture and a keen environmentalist, no doubt a supporter of many of those Agenda 2030 uh, policies, as he obviously is a big player on the globalist stage. That's all they've said today. Uh, they said he will be buried in accordance with the Jewish faith and there'll be a memorial later to celebrate his life. And I think it'd be very, very, very interesting to see who turns up at that memorial ceremony to pay tribute to Jacob Rothschild and the Rothschild uh, dynasty. Of course, uh, the Rothschild's home, Waddiston Manor in Buckinghamshire, uh, was an instrumental part of the Rothschild's family there of the Balfour Declaration signed in 1917, which is what gave the current state of Israel its home. His great uncle, the uh, Baron Rothschild, then Walter Rothschild, uh, was uh, in correspondence with the then Foreign Secretary Arthur Balfour. Uh, the Rothschilds were perceived as the head uh, of the British jury then, jewery, as in J-E-W-R-Y, um, and they were in correspondence with the government and, and, and were instrumental into getting the Balfour Declaration signed. A lot of links between the Rothschild family uh, and the creation of the state of Israel. Again, there is so much out there online about the Rothschild family. I can't even begin to scratch the surface in the one minute and 30 seconds that I've got left here <laughs> to the end of this segment. All I will say is I'm sure that all our TNT uh, viewers, listeners, and people who watch us will have their own theories about the Rothschild. There's been so much written about the Rothschilds. It's quite far, hard to find direct quotes actually attributed uh, to the Rothschilds family. And there is a lot online that isn't necessarily true. But the facts today are Jacob Rothschild, fourth Baron Rothschild, has died at the age of 87. And do we know who in the family will take over the, the reins of the family? He's got daughters, hasn't he? I don't think he's... Uh, oh, he's got one son, uh, one son. So I think, you know, that will probably be the natural lineage. Uh, that's the way establishment families work, isn't it? Um, and no nothing's been announced yet. Um, maybe one of his daughters will step up and, and decide to um, take over some of the family reigns. A lot of the daughters married into other establishment families and then got divorced. Um, but the, the family haven't really uh, gone into that yet. They've just said that there'll be a very short uh, family service. And then the memorial, which is, I think, one to worth keeping an eye on as you know who turns up on the guest list for that that'll be a globalist day out i would imagine um that will be <laughs> later a later date announced at a later date okay this sounds like it's a story that we're going to talk about more in in the coming weeks um I do know a fair bit about the Rothschilds. Maybe we should have a, a show on um, the Rothschilds and, and all of the, um, the stuff that they're up to globally. Um, maybe we should do that, Gemma. Um, thank you very much for that um, breaking story there, Gemma. I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. To the rest of you, don't go anywhere because after this short break, I will have Steve Evans, who's a dairy farmer from Wales. We'll be talking all about the protests planned for Cardiff this Wednesday. And also, I'll, the first question I'm going to ask Steve is what does he make of Mark Drakeford's comments blaming the farmers for their current predicament because of the fact that they voted for Brexit. I'll be interested to hear what Steve says about that. So don't go anywhere. Stay put right here with us on TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. So you see what's happening here. The White House is doing 
heavy spring cleaning, deep clean, to expunge, to erase, to discredit. Believe it or not, even though this stuff has already been out, they're still trying to move to discredit uh, any talk or any evidence or anything related to the Hunter Biden laptop story and also any Biden corruption in Ukraine. So their hand is being forced uh, and they're not going to take this line down. The White House certainly is not going to uh, capitulate to any of these allegations or charges. Um, the Republicans have been pushing forward, as everybody knows, with this House investigation, been getting very interesting traction. So now the deep state is moving into action to discredit any witnesses uh, and to write it all off as Russian disinformation. Sound familiar? Have we been here before? Of course we have. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words, and then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a peace dove and no longer a bald eagle. If you think 
Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker. I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, as it was clear in the introduction, today's um, and this week's Freeman Report is all about the farming issue, which is a global issue, which has now arrived here in Wales, where I live in the UK. So I'm delighted that um, dairy farmer um, Steve Evans is with me on the telephone. Hello, Steve. Yeah, I'm very good, Steve. Um, it's going to be a big week, this, isn't it, for, for Welsh farming? Um, I guess my first question for you, Steve, is... Did farmers vote en masse for Brexit? And so is it their fault, their current predicament, as Mark Drakeford um, said in the Welsh Parliament a couple of weeks ago? Um, well, he managed to insult and alienate a, uh, an industry in one fell swoop there. Um, if you actually look at percentage-wise that voted in, in the Brexit vote, um, you know, they're talking sort of 50, 55% of, of the population actually voted. Well, if you look at the 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 percentage-wise of farmers, what actually voted for Brexit, it's a small minority. Um, you know, in in a in a in a country of sort of the thick end of seventy million people, um, we are effectively two point. I think it was two point eight percent of the population. That's what agriculture is. So yeah, he he got it badly wrong. The man is under pressure. He's he's made some grave error judgments uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and has refused to sort of front up um, and and just be honest and you know integrity. Cool, blimey, it's 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 non-existent with him. So yeah, uh, no, it's not the farmers' fault at all. Yeah, I mean the other thing to to talk about here is, is you know Wales voted for Brexit, didn't it? And um, and so you know it, it, it's quite a it's quite a surprising thing for him to um, to accuse the farmers. I mean, what's the feeling um, of the farming community about those comments in general? Um, upset um, is 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 number one, but as a community, we're sort of scratching our heads. It, it's you have to remember, it's it's just Mark Drakeford firing off a shot basically um you know he's, he's sort of backed into a corner now um through the sfs the sustainable farming scheme you know the the other policies that he's, he's looking to enforce and he's come up against a brick wall um you know we, we we've seen it widely reported you know five and a half thousand jobs 200 million from from the the welsh economy um that's that's rural money um that's that's just going to disappear so we are up against it um did he honestly expect there was going to be no pushback well he'd be pretty damn foolish if he did think there was going to be no pushback so um yeah this is just a blow up from from the rural community you know wednesday is going to be a massive massive event um it's not a protest it's a demonstration by rural communities you know fathers wives husbands you know, children, it, it's going to be a huge event because fundamentally Welsh agriculture is a multi-generational industry. Um, you know, it's it, it affects so many people. And when they claimed, you know, when they did the report, oh, it's five and a half thousand jobs, that it's a hell of a lot more than that. It's a hell of a yeah. lot more than that. 
I mean, I, look, I, I know that the farming community definitely don't want to make this political, as in party political. You know, obviously, this is a political issue. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, it is surprising that um, that, that Labour have taken this position. Um, are there talks going on directly with the government at the moment between farmers or have they broken down? There are talks going on, but what's actually happening is Welsh governments are moving the goalposts quite significantly. So initially, it's like today, there's a little meeting going on today. Well, Welsh government decided that only five people can go into that meeting today. Uh, none of them are union representatives, farming union rep representatives. They are farmers, but only five were allowed in. Initially, there was going to be 10 or 12. So there's there's a hell of a lot going on behind the scenes, but there's also a lot of manipulation of how it's how it's coming to effect. Um, you know, and and that's what's happening on Wednesday. It's it's just the show of strength and unity by an industry that is having the guts kicked out of it um, mm. through, through through policy. You know, policy change. Yeah, and the other thing we've seen um, um, over the last week or so, isn't it? Gareth Wynne Jones, um, obviously, he's been on the the Freeman Report and TNT quite a bit, like yourself, over the last few weeks. Um, he's mm -hmm. had death threats, hasn't he? Which he's talked about on social media. Um, yeah. What 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 do you and others in in your community make of that? Well, it's two things. It's it's got to be condemned because ultimately. Well, it's a disgrace. You know, is there, are there that many uninjured people out there that want to go and throw death threats around? You know, we've seen it with, with other people recently as well. Um, but Gareth in particular, he's, he's a close friend. And it was, you know, I phoned him soon, soon as he, he, he sort of texted me, he said, oh, the, the police are here. And I thought, oh, that doesn't sound good. So I rang him, you know, immediately after. And he said, I've had a death threat. And he, he was mm. almost in shock. Not fear, but shock of what is the world coming to? We are we are fighting for our livelihoods, and someone has the audacity to 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 level a death threat at somebody. It's it's just absolute lunacy. So, look, the authorities are involved. Um, from what I understand, they they have caught up with the individual, and you know things things are moving on. But it's how dare somebody level a death threat to somebody who is protecting theirs and and a, you know a, a hell of a lot of other people's livelihoods it's it's insane absolutely insane yeah it is insane and I, you know i've witnessed stuff like this in 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 wales before i mean i had photos um being posted of me and my family um during the the council elections here where people were trying to work out where i lived and stuff it does it, i mean it is crazy that that people are getting this irate um particularly um, with the farmers would actually haven't have tried in fact i know you guys have tried to do all your best to try and make this not party political you're trying to speak to all of the parties so it does seem ridiculous oh. that this is going on steve we're going to go to um, a break for the news headlines now but don't go anywhere because i've got loads of questions i want to hear what your expectations and hopes are for this demonstration and also what 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 are we going to expect to see? Because my um, I've been speaking with the protest um, organizer, and it seems we're going to see. Um, and we were just speaking in the break there as well. We could see more than ten thousand farmers there in Cardiff. So I'd like to hear all about that um, in just a moment after this short break with us right here on TNT. Now I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. TNT Radio News. News flash. 
Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. NATO continues to fan the flames of war in Europe, declaring Ukraine will become a part of the Western military alliance, whether Russia likes it or not. It is not a question of if, but of when. Washington has condemned Israel's plans to build new settlements in the occupied West Bank, and an American soldier has set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in the US capital in protest of Washington's support for Tel Aviv's war in Gaza. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. Right, so Steve, yeah, we've got this um, protest going on in outside the Welsh Parliament. It's planned for this Wednesday at one o'clock. What are you expecting um, on the day and what 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 do farmers want to happen? What do they want to get out of the day? I think, to be honest, with you, what we're going to see is that it's just a, a huge outpouring of emotion. Because, as, as I said earlier, th- these are our livelihoods. You know, farming is is one of the last sort of blue collar industries of the United Kingdom. Um, you know, so you are going to see a lot of emotion because people are concerned. Um, There's a fantastic charity in in, in the UK called the DPJ Foundation, which is a mental health charity that, you know, revolves around agriculture. They are swamped at the moment because people just don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. Um, The economics at the moment are very, very tight. People haven't got any money. Then this comes along, you know, more red tape. It's going to come to a head but a peaceful head on wednesday yeah like I said, a lot of emotion from a from a farming perspective and and you know with with my own sort of farming hat on as it were i just want to see welsh government acknowledge the fact that they've got this wrong and we are we are all in this together um as a as a, as a farming industry we are all in it together okay but fundamentally everything they want they want um, Welsh government want it needs adjustment because some of the frameworks are completely unworkable. Um, you know, at, it's it's been an interesting couple of weeks because I'm I'm one of the directors of the No Farms No Foods uh, organisation, the group, and you know we're, we're a group of real dedicated farmers. We want the best for the industry, um, but we want some transparency from 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 the political side, but also the retailer side as well. And those two go hand in hand, but we're, we're sort of in a situation now where politics has taken centre stage. And, and you know, farmers, we, we don't want to be wrapped up in, in political issues and things like that. We just want a bloody farm. You know, we just want to carry on as we're going and, you know, and produce food for, for, for the country, um, you know, and, and be rewarded for our effort because it, at the moment it's a thankless task. It's an absolutely thankless task. And Steve, how have we ended up here? Because presumably these policies that the Labour Party are putting forward have been developed over a long period of time. There's been a consultation. How have we ended up in a place where, you know, the whole industry, basically the whole farming industry in Wales is up in arms about this? Um, I mean, you know, were farmers even involved in that process, that cons- consultation process? How have we ended up here, Steve? Well, allegedly, yes, farmers were involved in the consultation, uh, the build of the, of the sort of uh, scheme, which would go out to consultation. But 
I haven't I haven't heard as many founders come forward to say yes, we were involved. <laughs> um, so it, it's 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 kind of drifted into this position. Then all of a sudden, bang, wallop! It's it's at our back door. Um, but it's Welsh government have, have a history of not listening to recommendations, and it's it's why this sort of consultation. I am very dubious about the wording around this because yes, they call it a consultation. Well, they had a consultation about nitrate vulnerable zones and they went against their own advisory board around the nitrate vulnerable zones. NRW, National Resources Wales, recommended 8% of Wales be a nitrate vulnerable zone. Okay, that was workable, we could do it. Welsh Government announced, no, no, the whole of Wales is gonna be a nitrate vulnerable zone. So we'd have to destock. Um, uh, less, less in it's intensive food production, um, and now we get this SFS scheme come along. Well, are they going to listen to any of the recommendations, or are they going to listen to any of the farmers' fears and concerns? Are they how? Yeah. Now, Steve, we're expecting, I think you were saying, up, upwards of 10,000 farmers yeah. um, outside the parliament, which is just going to be an amazing sight to behold. Um Sadly, we won't see the tractors, 10,000 tractors coming in because I was, I have been kind of scratching my head over the weekend thinking, how's this going to work? Because Cardiff, the, 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 the traffic and the roads there are not great. Um, they get logged and um, blocked up at the best of times um, on most weekdays. So I was thinking this is going to bring the city to a standstill. Um, so I think there's been an arrangement, hasn't there, to, to, to coach farmers in, but there's going to be 10,000 plus there. Now, some people I've spoken to in the last day um, or so have said, why are the farmers being so nice? Obviously, we've got the farmers in France and we've all seen the the images there of them literally pumping out manure onto government buildings. What is the strategy of the farmers? And do you think at some point if government just refuses to listen that we could see a different approach? I think you, you particularly in France, French French people are slightly more volatile, um, you know. So, but also the relationship between French people and um, the farmers is a lot, lot closer, a hell of a lot closer than it is in the UK. But we are, we are nice people, okay? We just want to be left alone to be able to farm um, and produce food for people sustainably, affordably, um, you know, and, and it's, this doesn't just affect us and it's why over the last month we've sort of made it yeah we, we've been very very conscious to keep in the public in the loop and explain to them look this is what's going on you are going to see food inflation you're um, unavailable you know there's a direct risk to food security as a country we're only just over 50 percent self-sufficient anyway and you've got a government you know, a, a devolved government in Wales here, which are likely to jeopardise this through policy. Um, mm. It's just bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and I, I, I have to say, Steve, you know, I mean, it, you know, it can be very, very um, uplifting seeing the, some of the protesters, um, protests going on in Europe, um, the fact that they really are sticking it to the politicians there. But I do think in, in Wales, the farmers are taking the right approach. I mean, like I said, for starters, if you all tried to take the tractors there, <laughs> you wouldn't get to yeah. the protest because, um, you know, Cardiff just wouldn't be able to handle that kind of traffic. So I think it is the right approach for now. Hopefully yeah. the politicians will listen 
this. And um, I believe some of the politicians from opposition parties are actually going to speak on Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that is correct. That is correct. Um, and it'll be interesting to hear them um, on on how on how they present this from their their side. Yeah. Um, you know, actions have consequences. Words also have consequences too. So it'll be interesting to see how how they uh, sort of bring this across to to the crowd that's there. Yeah. And of course, you know, this is not this shouldn't. Well, it shouldn't be a party political issue. Um, we all need food. Um, we don't mm -hmm. want to. We will. You know, the, the, the those who support the climate do not want um, to import lots of food from other countries. We want yeah. food that's grown in the UK um, that can yeah. feed people here. So that's what it's about. So hopefully, yeah. um, Steve, yeah. we'll see the politicians all coming together on this to find a solution. But Steve Jones, um, thank you so much for joining me today. I'll um, hopefully Pleasure. catch up with you on, on Wednesday at the protest. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Right, OK, um, after this short break, we'll have William Clouston on. He's the leader of the SDP, the political party in the UK. We're going to be talking about farming again because I want to hear from the SDP what their policies on are um, regarding farming and how they uh, plan to support farmers. So don't go anywhere. Stay put with us right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The United States has really been sold a bill of goods and I've talked about this several times. I've talked about the people that are running this country are literally bullying the United States. And it's hard to believe that the American people actually let them get away with it, except that if you watch, let's say, Jesse Waters' prime time sometimes, and you see the man on the street interviews, you realize these people, and they're all voting, know nothing about what's going on. Or maybe even less than nothing if that's possible. Now, it's fascinating. We talked about the coal plant issue a couple of days ago. How have carbon emissions changed since 2000. China is up 208%. India is up 158%. Other countries are up 53%. The US is down 10%. Europe is down 16%. Now, here is the question. How is the United States letting these other countries get away with it? And it's kind of simple to understand that the complacency and comfort of the capitalist system and freedom that has developed in the United States is building the road it's riding to its own death. Why? Because they're allowing our leaders to simply do whatever they want to do while other countries get away with it. And you want to know something? I don't have anything against China and India for trying to improve their way of life. But why is it the United States and Europe are committing suicide? This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. But with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. This is the Freeman Report with your host, James Freeman, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
This early is the Freeman Report, and I am James Freeman, and I'm delighted that my next guest is William Clouston, who's the leader of the SDP party here in the UK. Hello, William. Hi, James. How are you doing? You okay? Very well, thanks. And you? Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Um, we're going to talk about a, a variety of things today, but we're going to start off on farming. Um, what do you make of Mark Drakeford, the first um, minister for Wales, his comments blaming farmers for their current predicament because they voted for Brexit? I think it's a very foolish statement and it has no basis in fact at all. I mean, our problems, the problems we've got in Wales are similar to the problems we've got throughout the UK. Our farming system is in crisis. Uh, the average age of farmers now is 63. Uh, we, need, we urgently need uh, younger people to get into farming. Uh, the trade system that we have is in transition, obviously from Brexit to a new arrangement. And farmers haven't been given any certainty at all with respect to uh, what those arrangements will be. I think some of the trade policies we've embarked on are, are, are mistaken. Um, and the subsidy system is being distorted um, with some quite strong ideological positions now. So not only do farmers, I mean, it's, 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 it's worth pointing out that farmers make more money out of subsidies than they do their products, which I, I want to get onto that, actually, which is caused by an imbalance of power between farmers and supermarkets. But they don't even know where they stand in terms of the system. And as I said, the ideology is creeping in. The Welsh government has introduced this proposal to convert 20% of farmland in Wales uh, to trees and wildlife, in other words, destroying it. And they actually call this the sustainable farming scheme. As far as I can see, James, it's basically a system to destroy farming. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up the supermarkets, actually, because all the focus seems to be on the subsidies at the moment and what the Welsh government are proposing. But you're right to address that 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 issue because that is a big problem here in the power imbalance um before we do that though welsh politics i mean we've had a labor government here um in in wales since the parliament was created in the late 1990s do yeah. you think things might be on the change because obviously we've seen the 20 mile an hour speed limit the blanket restrictions across wales we've now got this situation with farmers blowing up in labor's face do you think we're about to see things start to change in wales now you can already see it james um it's worth pointing out also that the senate the welsh assembly the, the welsh parliament um labor have half of the seats so they have to have a deal with Plaid cymru the welsh nationalists to govern uh, I think the the prospects of uh, Labour being in a worse position in 2026 in the next uh, Senate election are, are very, very high. I think not only because of the way that Welsh Labour has mismanaged Wales. I mean, you only have to look at the education system. Uh, Welsh uh, kids are now way down in the PISA tables internationally. Uh, the health mm. system is very poor. You've got very, very long waits, uh, uh, plus two years in the, in the Welsh NHS. So the record is poor. But actually, the strategic position is worse for them because we're, we're likely to get a Labour government in, in a general election uh, later this year. And I would predict that things are only going to get worse. I think the Tories are, are bad. Uh, Labour would probably be worse. And therefore, the 2026 Senate election, Labour will be fighting uh, a within a national position in the UK where their party is very, very unpopular. 
So I predict now they're, they're likely to lose seats and lose their majority altogether. Yeah, it is an interesting political situation that we're moving into now, because I think, you know, it's clear people are fed up with the Tories. Um, even those who support the Conservatives and who supported them for years are fed up with them. Um, they've just been an absolute disaster. Well, they've made a disaster of Brexit. They've also been a disaster in government as well. But the, the problem we've got, William, and you'll know this, is that lots of people don't like Labour either. So, um, you know, we could see an opening up, I think, of politics over the next few years in, in the UK. Um, let's get back to the farming issue, um, though, um, William, the supermarkets. Obviously, we live in a capitalist system. Um, you know, we um, where um, tra free trade and, and and the fact that you know the markets decide. But we have got this problem with the supermarkets, haven't we? Where they have a disproportionate amount of power, um, not just with the farmers. This isn't just a farming issue; it's a, um, an issue with lots of their suppliers. Um, how do you sort that problem out, William? I think, well, just going just to reinforce the point, uh, farmers now, not just in Wales, but throughout the UK, are, are producing milk, for instance, at below cost. You know, I mean, basically, it's costing them 45 uh, pence a litre, and they're, they're getting less than that from the supermarkets. The cause of that is too much cartel power. It's not just the supermarkets, although the big ones are a problem. They've got far too much uh, power in relation to small farmers, but also the, the food uh, cartels that buy the wholesale products. You've seen this in many different industries in the UK. You know, there was a, a crisis in egg production a uh, short time ago in the UK. And again, it's the same problem. Egg producers struggle to make a living. Uh, and then some of them go out of, the, out of business. And what happens? We suck in imports, which is absolutely disastrous mm. in the short term. The solution to this problem is to get to a situation where the, the, the subsidy regime and the marketing uh, of agricultural products in this country uh, puts farmers into a better position. And I think you need to reinstate the regional marketing boards. They were very powerful in the past. You look at milk, they, they actually helped farmers get a better price. And it rebalanced re the power basically between the pro small producer and the big uh, purchasers. We urgently need to do that. If we don't do that, there literally won't be uh, a future. For many farmers in the UK. Another thing that I want to bring up, James, is, is the big uh, macro position on trade. It's estimated now that just short of half of all fruit and vegetable producers in the UK uh, fear going out of business in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. You've got to look at the overall pattern of trade. I would, I would advocate increasing tariffs, uh, import tariffs on, on products coming into the UK, just to shield UK producers uh, to give them a chance to uh, dominate our home market, which they should do. And what's your position on these contracts that the supermarkets have? I mean, and when Steve was on the show, and I've also had um, James um, Peck from, um, from PX Farms in the UK as well, and they talk about these contracts that the supermarkets have with them, where basically they have to hand over all of their data on the business um, to them, which means the supermarkets know every last little bit of their their business. They also even use um, the, the the supermarkets are using their offsetting some of their carbon by using some of the spare um, carbon offsets that farmers have, but without their permission um, and not paying for them for it. Um, it seems that we've got a problem, and, and as far as I can see, that this is a model we've imported from the US, um, where it, that this model is prevalent there. Is there anything we, we can do 
um, about these contracts that farmers are being forced to sign with the supermarkets? Well, as I said, no, firstly, you're quite right. It's totally unfair and iniquitous. So a farmer has to submit all the information to this um, cartel, virtually a monopoly buyer of the products. And then the monopoly buyer works out and, and literally squeezes that farmer, yeah. uh, you know, to a ridiculous extent. The only way you can you can get the balance right is to put some power back into the producer's hands. And as I say, re the reinstatement of regional marketing boards, powerful ones with government support, is one way of doing it. But it's not just that. The infrastructure, what's happened is governments have neglected the actual infrastructure in, in rural areas. One, one other area that they've done this is in, in abattoirs. And we've lost abattoirs. Smaller abattoirs have closed, which means that livestock has to travel further. And you get this awful pattern, which is not just in farming. You see it in distribution and other trades, which, which is you get fewer but larger producers. And that is not in the consumer's interests. We want a, a proper market here. We want a, a fair market, not a market that's dominated by people that price gouge and basically will end up driving family farms out of business and will be in a terrible state. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we will see the politicians acting now. I know the the, the conservatives are trying to make um, political capital out of this by sort of saying that they're the friends of the farmers. But I'm not so sure, actually, um, based upon what's happened in recent years. Um, but we'll but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, we've got an election coming up very very soon, haven't we, um, William? Um, Amy Gallagher is standing for the SDP in mm. the London mayor elections. How are things going for Amy? at the moment very good we're very excited about the campaign i mean we we contested the london merrill uh, a few years ago steve kelleher contested it was our first try at that and we're looking to build on that vote massively i think there's an outside chance we might uh, get amy into the london assembly which would be fantastic anyone i think khan is is quite likely to win that election and anyone that wants him held to account would be advised to to vote to sdp and vote for amy try and get Amy in there to, to scrutinise him. But yeah, we're very excited about the election. I think we're, we've got a wonderful candidate. Uh, we were also likely cont to contest other elections, uh, obviously in, in local government elections in, in, in May, but also uh, very possibly the South Yorkshire mayoral election. We'd have an excellent candidate there. So if we do well in May, I think it'll be an excellent platform for the general election uh, later on this year. Yeah, and you certainly got a fantastic um, candidate. Amy was obviously on the show a few weeks back. I think she's a really, really strong candidate you've, you're putting forward there. Um, related to Sadiq Khan, what do you make of Lee Anderson's comments um, over the last few days on Sadiq Khan? I think they were intemperate and wrong. He can't. I mean, the trouble with what Lee Anderson has said is he's accused. I mean, I'm a, an opponent of Khan politically. Uh, and I think he's been a very divisive mayor, but you, you can't, I'm afraid he can't substantiate uh, mm. a, 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 the, the, the point he's made of accusing Khan of being in the hands of Islamists. That's, that's completely over the top as a comment. And the sad thing about it is, of course, it deflects uh, attention away from what is a serious issue of Islamism in the country, what is a serious issue of anti-Semitism on some of the marches we've had recently. And, of course, the news is all about Lee Anderson and his intemperate comments rather than the substantive issues which we need to get a grip of. 
I'd agree with you um, 100% there, William. I mean, look, I, I personally think, I know a lot of the viewers at TNT understand that Sadiq Khan is captured, I think, or he's certainly aligned, but it's not with Islamists. I think it's with the globalist, actually. You know, we know that he sits on the C40 cities thing, which is a globalist thing, all about these policies, LTNs, 50-minute cities, um, not, fake meat and, and, and the like. So I, I think Lee Anderson is right about one thing. Sadiq Khan is definitely captured, but it's not quite... Um, um, in terms of how he's put it. Um, you mentioned the general election there. Um, what are the key focus um, for SDP? What are your main policies that you're putting forward for, for the election later this year? Well, they're, they're basic, basically the sort of uh, things that most people in the country want us to uh, concentrate on, the, the important things, which are the first, getting control of immigration, which is totally out of control. Yeah. Mass immigration, legal migration has become a drug to our country. And either the Labour Party or the Tories have basically used that as a lever. It forces down wages, it discourages training, and it's terrible for the economy. Low-skilled migration particularly. There are, people are also concerned about uh, illegal immigration or, or through the channel. That's got to be sorted out, and we've got a plan to do that. But the basics apart from that are, are housing and industry and trade, the really big things that people care about. Housing, this is a disaster area in the UK. House prices are going up. Uh, the chance of getting a, a decent room to rent in a big city for young people is, is, is out of their reach now. It's, 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 you know, in London, people are spending half of their wages on a small box room just to be in the market. Uh, that, is, again, is something that's driven by neglect of house building uh, in the state and also mass immigration. Uh, but the big picture is, is trade. Uh, we've lost so much industry, James. We need to rebuild. Manufacturing now is down at 9%. And if you go anywhere at all outside the hub of the southeast, which is a service-driven economy based on London, go to the Midlands, go to the north, and you'll see town after town, which is deindustrialized, where obviously it's suffered the, the 30 years of the China trade shock and our politicians have done nothing to provide decent jobs that you can actually run a family on. And that's our priority basically for the country. And it's shared, it's a vision that's shared by about half the public. So I'm expected to do quite well. And on immigration, how do you plan to to cut immigration? I mean, obviously, the boats um, have, have taken up a lot of the focus, but actually, that is a fairly small amount of the the um, the, the immigration that we're seeing, isn't it? I think it's around fifty thousand we're seeing last year, versus nearly three quarters of a million in terms of legal migration. Mm -hmm. What kind of policies would SDP use in order to limit that migration? The, the, the key to it on legal migration is to get a proper labor market strategy. Uh, we've been governed by free trade purists, ideologues the last 30 years who think it doesn't matter, you can't plan anything. Give an example, James. The health service, health service budget is, is nearly 200 billion. It's sufficient to train all of its clinicians, all of its nurses, all of its doctors, if it wanted to. The problem is it doesn't want to and it's never tried. So the first thing we would do is actually start labor market planning and skills training to get enough people in our own country, British people, young people who need training, can be trained to do the jobs we need. They've never tried that. And mm. until we do and roll our sleeves up and do it, we will have this awful combination of mass migration, low skilled migration, and combined with about 
5 million adults, British adults, on out-of-work benefits. This can't continue. It's completely unsustainable. It will wreck the economy and wreck the whole society. But illegal migration is uh, a key issue, actually, James. I know it's, you know, it has been up to 70,000. But that will only increase if we're not careful. And we've got to stop that by processing people off, off overseas. On a, on we a certainly have. William, sadly, we're out of time. But listen, thank you for coming on the Freeman Report. Um, if, if people watching now, if you want to find out more, get yourself over to SDP, um, search for them on Google. Um, they have got some great policies. Thank you very much, William Houston. Thank you.